It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. They're putting the super and super wild card weekend tonight. Uh, who you got? We'll find out a little later on with our uh, Deos. Welcome, everybody. It's the uh, Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, we got uh, some football to talk, some post-pirate audio from basketball. Uh, we've got uh, coming up in just a little bit, uh, we're going to talk with Brian Murphy. He's the guy who has been uh, covering for uh, WRAL, not your granddaddy's WRAL, but uh, WRAL, the uh, latest goings-on at the General Assembly, lawmakers to legalize sports gambling in the state, mobile sports gambling. And uh, so we'll talk to him and get a feel for where that is going. Uh, That might be next segment. It might be uh, a little later. We'll figure it all out. Uh, Ben Byron producing the show today. Hello to Ben. Hey, man. What's going on? Good to hear from you. And uh, hello to Cookie for being here today as uh, well. What's going (laughs) on? I was uh, watching the game yesterday. I didn't go. I know Cy Cy went in person, but I just watched it on the deuce. And uh, you saw Ben sitting courtside. He did not have his championship belt on. I was a little shocked. Hey, I was about that. Yeah, some people are a little offended by the belt. They can't stand the sight of a, a winner because a lot of these people are sore losers. But um, it's it's funny when I don't wear that belt, everybody starts complaining. Hey, where's the belt? I'll, hey. Yeah, I don't understand why you wouldn't have worn it yesterday. If I mean, it was sort of an event, and you're the champion of. I think you would want to show that off. But what do I know? Maybe if I was there, like uh, doing my normal media duties, or there as just a fan, I would have no problem doing it. Or if you were there, I mean, I would want to show you the belt in person. Right. So you finally right. see the champ. You know, at a, at uh-huh. a big time event like that, that would be that right. pretty cool. Right. I understand that. That's, it's uh, different when the P man's not in the building. I think you should have wore the uh, wore the strap. That's just me, uh, yeah. Cookie. I was gonna go up and say hey to you, and then I realized you weren't even there. Well, it was on two, so. It was on ESPN too. I yeah. flipped it by there, and my wife panicked. She thought, "Why aren't you there?" And I said, "Well, it's on a different TV network." You know, I was expecting to I, get a little uh, hello and stuff. Well, hello to you now. What's up? So there you go. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's about the extent of it. the big news out of uh, East Carolina today. And Ben and I were just talking about this on uh, before we got on the air. They have moved the BYU game out of 2024 to 2025. Now, that gives ECU a home non-conference game. Right now, they had games at State and at Marshall. So I would assume that the other non-conference game would be uh, an FCS opponent. That leaves a big, uh, a big fat matzo ball hanging out there for 2024. 
I, you know, I was just looking around earlier. I, I don't, I, I've even hit up a couple sources just to say, Hey, is there anything going on here? And no movement afoot that they knew, but now you got Norfolk state and Appalachian state as your 25, your 24 home opponents. <clears throat> and then a trip to ODU. It's a pretty decent schedule. You have BYU on there. So you're looking at another year where you're going to have seven home games and you still might, but you know, you got to start looking at who are the, where are the independents? And, you know, I just looked, uh, UMass is scheduled out a full slate in 24, but UConn is not. Well, home and home action with UConn. <laughs> yeah. It's like the old AAC, but I mean, you at least have some kind of, uh, pre-established working relationship with them since they used to be in the conference. You're kind of familiar with them and it's on the East coast. So. And they're making a lot of trips to North Carolina already, so yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, you know, playing some ACC schools. Uh, the other one that's has not set their twenty four schedule yet. I don't know all the deets of this. I'm just going off what's posted. But there's no Notre Dame twelve game schedule set for twenty four. Hey, I would like that money. I mean, I I see that. Oh, as I thought I, I was talking about Notre Dame coming to Greenville. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> We're oh, talking about that. going. To- that, that would be that, so awesome. No. I would love to see that. <laughs> So go to, uh, I mean, yeah, that wouldn't be, I mean, you're probably going to play a road game there. Why not? Why not? It's, I think it's low risk. I mean, let's be real. Nobody expects you to win that game, but if you do, you have all the more to gain and you're already getting paid a good, a hefty amount for it. I would presume. Well, you would think. Yeah. Yeah. So why not? By the way, speaking of football schedules, uh, nothing like all of this great playoff football action. Uh, and uh, Fox promoting the absolute heck out of the USFL. So, <laughs> I saw that, people yeah, that, complain about that, that on Twitter. Yeah. Does that does that not all, does not all this great postseason football action not get you nice and juiced up for the uh, for the USFL? Uh, Sean Payton interviewing for the Panthers job. Uh, Vic Fangio did not work for Sean Payton, did he? No, Chris I, Richard I don't, I don't did so. though. Chris Richard did, and Chris Richard uh, is – well, Fangio they've interviewed as a possible defensive coordinator. Can't – you know, used to coach the Vikings – or like the Broncos, that, excuse like me. like that hire. I would love that hire. For defensive coordinator, yeah. That, that would be pretty nice. And so uh, Sean Payton's obviously doing a tour of all the openings right now, and he may not take any job. I think Sean Payton's job and future in the NFL next season is determined tonight. Personally, but is Jerry willing to give him all the control? I don't know. You think you think the Cowboys want him? I I know that was a thing getting thrown around months ago. You still think that's the case? They've wanted him for twenty years. That's true. Yeah, Yeah, I I I mean, former OC. I I think that's where he would wind up if he's going to wind up anywhere. If not, go back to New Orleans. Because I I don't think any of these jobs are, are are terribly appealing. Well, they had no plan for after him either. I mean, Dennis Allen probably shouldn't be a head coach in the NFL right now. So here's the uh, where there's some some fire because there's some smoke. Chris Richard, uh, it's been announced by me. Uh, I think NBC is reporting that the Panthers want to interview him. Now you might wonder who Chris Richard is. He is a secondary coach for the Saints, so he has some familiarity with Sean Payton. So there you go. Uh, could there be a little more to this? We will see. But I mean, Peyton is interviewing with everybody. Uh, not today, tomorrow. 
we're going to check in with uh, my new best friend in the business, T-Bones from WFNZ's morning show out in Charlotte. I like his Twitter. I've seen Hancock, him on uh, Travis Hancock. Yeah. New, my new BFF in the business. <laughs> What's he the and I were on reason behind that? He and I were on a gold show on, on the round table on Friday. And, uh, we just got along smashingly on the round table. There you go. So I invited him to the show. And uh, cause I figured he could let us know what's going on out there in Charlotte. I mean, I love Zoki. Don't get me wrong, but you know, sometimes we get a little bit of the company line with Zoki and yeah. that's fine. Yeah. As a company man myself, I'm fine with that. He probably wants a little break after the football season. They just kind of, well, you know, he's got his regular duties, but he probably doesn't want to. I think he needs a break stuff. from, yeah. I think he needs a break from Ben B baby. Plus I think <laughs> you can, uh, I think you can ask Travis what's going on and there would be. He would, he wouldn't give me, would, he would tell me what's up. He wouldn't, he wouldn't pull back. Any well, you're going to get an opinion. I yeah. don't think there's any two ways about that. You're going to get an opinion. I like opinions. Opinions are fun, but I don't know if you're going to get a, you know, a lot of insight. Well, the interesting thing to me about this entire thing with the Panthers is you don't hear Steve Wilkes's name brought up by anybody at this point as having interviewed. Now I know everybody in the media and like Han- Hancock, Zoki, Ben, others feel like he's deserved a chance, but well, part uh, of you don't hear that name anywhere. He's that is active, that is part of it. Yeah, yes, he's still actively still in the league. So I mean, he's kind he's of still, shot himself in the foot. He's still on that, and and I mean, look, he was six and six, and he did take a roster that probably had no business going five hundred, five hundred. But you have to keep in mind the NFC South was putrid this yeah, year, terrible, just dreadful. I mean, and, Saints were running a college offense. I mean, they had a two-quarterback system going on there. I mean, that doesn't equate to winning in the NFL. That was ridiculous. Harry high school stuff is what that is. Uh, one other thing before we go to break here, we'll come back and do a pirate report, uh, is uh, Terquavion Smith, the Farmville native. Did you guys see this over I, the weekend? I did not, but I'm a big fan. You know, I, I pull for my Farmville people, and it's cool to see that he's been balling, even though it's for state and they can't – they refused to play in Reynolds for some reason, but nonetheless, it's cool to see him balling. What happened? Terquavion Smith, uh, you know, state beat number 16 Miami in overtime. It was a great game. And I think Smith finished with 24 or something like that. He had a big game. So they interviewed him afterwards in the Wolfpack locker room. And uh, there's Terquavion with uh, a pair of wraparound sunglasses on. Ben, do you want to play this or you want me to play it? I got it. Okay, this is Terquavion Smith after the game talking to the media. I feel like uh, other people and other colleges in North Carolina kind of feel like they're always better than us because I guess because they wear blue. But sh- honestly, I just want people to know that you can come here too. You know, it's the same as it is over there. Like they do the same stuff we do. They just got different courses. Like Swahili, you're in <laughs> Chapel Hill. I mean, that's. Oh, that no, that I mean, they don't or sociology, or sociology. If you're in Durham, they have attendance classes. You show up, they take attendance. All right, there you go. Good job. You get a. Well, everybody's got that now. In Chapel Hill, they had true no-show classes, but that's yeah. That ship has sailed a long time ago. Look, state might be the best basketball program in North Carolina. 
I agree with that. Gross. I, I, I mean, I don't like it, but I mean, I, I agree with it. Gross. They have the wins. Not, they probably should be in the top 25. Not Duke, who's out of the top 25. Damn sure ain't Not Carolina. UNC. Yeah. No, I mean, now they got Baycott back this weekend, and they played uh, just a, a historically awful Louisville team. Louisville. <laughs> uh, Wake is really not that great. I mean, let's face it, ECU's young and, and trending in the wrong direction right now. App State's not great in basketball. Charlotte's okay. Uh, and I've seen a lot of people high on Charlotte. I, I find I'm, well, you know, I just thought of one. I, I, I'm just naming all the football-playing basketball schools there, but you got uh, UNCW. Yeah. And they may be on a neutral floor. They played State very, very tough. Well, they played UNC tough. I mean, they almost beat UNC yeah. at the beginning of the year, so. Not on if things would be different if they were to ever play again. So the Seahawks might be the best team, and then State's number two. But State's right up there. State is right up there. All right, a break. Uh, we'll come back. And, uh, oh, congratulations to Holt Nailers. Hula Bowl MVP. Ben will run down some of the uh, numbers for you. Coming up in just uh, a bit in our Sports Flash update. Uh, Pirate Report when we return. As uh, ECU loses a tough one yesterday to South Florida at home. The heat is and Pirates. Oh, there, Panthers. Good, baby. Very good. The P Man. Uh, put its pants. This is Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94 3, the game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Mike Swartz, opening statement after the Pirates lose by double figures to USF at home yesterday. Uh, great, great respect for Coach Gregory and the South Florida program. And, um, you know, they just, uh, in the second half, we were not able to stay with them. I give a ton of credit to Tyler Harris and Russell Tachua for controlling the game. Uh, particularly on offense, they both, uh, especially obviously Harris in the second half, and uh, Tatua was, was difficult for us to deal with the whole game, and we just weren't able to string enough uh, stops together to keep the game close in the second half. I think we took a, a brief lead in the second half after being down at halftime. We did not finish the first half well. I thought we came out in the second half, and you know we're playing a little bit better. But uh, you know once South Florida got control of the game. I thought uh, I thought Harris in particular and, and, and Tachua inside and just their team as, as a ball club, they did a great job and we weren't able to get it any closer. And Swartz uh, giving credit again to USF for outplaying the Pirates. Us. That's on us. Freshmen in particular, but look, you give South Florida all the credit. They got guys that can shoot the ball. Harris can really shoot. Miguel can really shoot. Boggs comes in off the bench. He hits two. He can really shoot. Uh, our guys knew they could really shoot. We told our guys where Harris would shoot the ball from, but until players start to understand how important scouting report is, how important shooter defense is, uh, again, we play Cincinnati, Landers Nolly makes two shots to start the game. Are those the two shots that beat us? I don't know, but I do know this, that gets momentum going for a team. Harris, we had done a pretty solid job in the first half. We give Harris a one-pass three off of a driving kick driving kick play, which we were adamant not to do, and we had done a good job executing the first half. But the minute you let your guard down in this league, especially versus 
a great coach team, a really good team with good players, you're going to get punched in the face. And Harris got going, and then you got other guys that come in the game and they were expecting them to follow scouting report, follow you got to know who you're guarding. You can't have a hand down versus someone that's a lethal shooter. And Boggs catches and knocks a shot in, and we have a, a low hand. And, you know, th that's on us. That's on us, and we're going to fix it. Impassioned Mike Swartz there. He talked about uh, the injuries uh, to Javon Small, who did not play and was in street clothes, and R.J. Felton, who did not start the game. Uh, you know, I think anytime you see a player, you know, basically just get banged up at the end of the game, Cincinnati, and, you know, Javon had just played his best game he had in four or, so, four or five games, you know, you start to immediately think because the medical has to do their thing and make sure that they do the, the proper protocol and tests and whatnot. So you immediately start to think about it. Uh, you know, RJ's been pretty banged up here, and, and that's why RJ hasn't been able to practice consistently. So he's fighting through it. He's such a tough kid. But we knew we were a little banged up, so we, we got at it pretty quick in terms of thinking what might we have to do if we don't have Javon. Potentially, we didn't know if we would have RJ either. And so we went with some different things. We obviously put the zone in, uh, you know, which we had worked on prior. It's not like we just threw it in, you know. But in terms of using it in a game and using an offense that you can play with basically some non-guards out there, three guards that you're not really looking to handle the basketball a lot, we had to, to try and put some stuff. And we'll keep, we'll keep our head down and keep working to get better at it. Uh, let's, uh, have one more here from coach. He talks about, uh, Caleb LeCount's performance. Yeah, I thought they did a good job and very proud of what Caleb did. I mean, Caleb, you could see, got more and more comfortable as the game went, and he was going versus savvy veteran. I mean, I've seen Tyler Harris play since he was in high school. When he was in Memphis, I saw him, and we coached against him where I was at, at, you know, when I was at Tennessee. So I've seen him. I know what kind of player he is, and he's a dynamic guard. He's one of the best there is in this league. And you look at Caleb, he's going up against someone that's been in college. He's a senior. He's been at three different programs. And I thought Caleb fought. I thought Caleb fought his tail off. He ran our offense. He got aggressive scoring when he needed to. I think you saw some of his youth late when we were down. You know, it was a real long shot. If we could get back in, we're down 10. And he took a couple quick shots. All right, couple player comments here. Luigi Dubow, who got the start. Uh, Luigi talking about what uh, he felt cost the Pirates the game. Yeah, so coming out of the game, the assignment was, you know, the key guys, number 54 and number number two. And I think, like, in the first half, we did a great job, like, limited touches on this guy. But second half, they kind of hurt us in transition and also, like, offensive rebounds. And 54 started getting touches and number two started, started going. So, yeah, that, that kind of hurt us a lot. And I also give give like the other guys on their team like confidence, making shots and drive to the basket, and also offensive rebound. Luigi says that the team has to play better. Yeah, you know, obviously, like I've been here for a little bit, so you know, going conference, like I play guys my my size, you know, like that's that's a perfect matchup for me. So I remember last year, you know, we played South Florida twice too. So you know, I, I knew get into the game, what I had to do and, you know, where I have to focus on and, you know, help my team win. But obviously we feel short, short so we just got to get better, come back in practice and, you know, do better. I thought Luigi played okay. Yeah. Uh, Quentin DeBuje had 18. Yeah. Quentin, uh, for Luigi. 
I thought so, right? Didn't he put up a career high in something? Uh, or I, uh, maybe I don't, I don't think so. Shut his mic off, Ben. Uh, <laughs> uh, Quentin DeBunje had uh, some comments after he said he's grateful to be back in the rotation. I mean, I'm grateful because <laughs> I just got back in the rotation since uh, Cincinnati. And, I mean, to be honest, I feel like I lost a little the momentum with the team because I've been on the bench for a long time. But I'm grateful to come back and we'll find a way to, to be better. We mean, uh, no rotation now. And a uh, quick comment here from the Tennessee transfer talking about being aggressive when he's out there. Yeah, sure. Now I'm just like, I'm on the court. I just got, I know I got to be locked in and do the work. I can't have no time where I just, I'd be chilling on the court. Like, I'm not, I can't be doing, I can't be doing that. Chilling on the court. All right, there we go. Chilling on the court. Can't be chilling on the court. There used I to think, be a t-shirt um, with that on it. Cookie, you're an enterprising young guy. Why don't you uh, create one of those? You know what? And I may just you and Jay enter into a uh, an agreement, and you give them a little IL money. Ooh, that's not a bad idea at all. How many people are buying those shirts? Me. So one person. Cookie would. That would be my going uh, downtown be, shirt. Can't be chilling on the court. They'd be, or you Real just put chilling on the court. Um, I think, uh, I think they'd be a huge hit in Martin County, Ben. I think you're overestimating <laughs> or yeah, underestimating. He's, he's the mascot of Martin yes. County. Yeah. Hey, you're I got underestimating. Pulled, did we ever get the tickets to the guy who won the tickets last yes, week? Yes, we did. By the way? Okay. Show meeting on the year. That's always the best. All right, Ben Byram with a uh, 94-3 The Game sports update. Uh, we'll get to some NFL near the end of the show. We've also got uh, Brian Murphy coming up. Will sports gambling be legalized in North Carolina? Uh, we'll ask. And uh, right now, Ben B-Baby Byram with a 94-3 The Game sports update. Thanks, Patrick. Tough day at the office for the Pirates on Sunday against South Florida on the hardwood as USF used a second-half run to go ahead by double figures, and the Bulls never looked back. 81-70, the final game in Greenville. Coach Mike Schwartz talked about that game and what went wrong for the Pirates. Uh, great, great respect for Coach Gregory and the uh, South Florida program. And, um, you know, they just uh, in the second half, we were not able to stay with them. I give a ton of credit to Tyler Harris and Russell Tachua for controlling the game. Uh, particularly on offense, they both, uh, especially obviously Harris in the second half, and uh, Tatua was, was difficult for us to deal with the whole game. And for South Florida, Tyler Harris scored a game high 24 points, giving USF its first conference win of the season. That performance also notched him a place on the conference's honor roll this week. Quentin DeBougier scored a career high 18 points to lead the Pirates, who dropped their fourth straight game. Brandon Johnson tallied his 10th career double double with 16 points and 12 rebounds. East Carolina without its top score, Javon Small in the game. No timetable on his return as he left early in that ball game against Cincinnati due to injury. Up next for the Pirates, Temple was at 7 o'clock on Wednesday. The Owls lost Sunday to Memphis at home, 61-59 to on a buzzer beater. Holt Naylor's the MVP of this weekend's Hula Bowl, showcasing senior talent for NFL scouts. Naylor's a perfect 10-for-10 throwing the ball, 57 yards pass, and a touchdown pass, and ran for 22 yards and a score in the game. ECU offensive lineman Noah Henderson also played as well. Former Pirate wide receiver Blake Prohl earned a futures contract with the Minnesota Vikings, meaning that 
He is currently not under contract, but will get a contract if he sticks it out till the beginning of next season. And in ECU women's basketball, ECU guard Danae McNeil has been named the AAC Women's Basketball Player of the Week for the second straight time. She averaged 27 points per game in games against Temple, where she scored 28, and SMU, where she scored 26. The Panthers received permission to interview former Saints head coach Sean Payton for their vacant head coaching job. Carolina joins the Cardinals, Broncos, and Texans as team to secure an interview with the one-time Super Bowl champ. Insider Jonathan Jones has reported that Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson has the lead for the Panthers' job. Apparently, owner David Tepper is enamored with the OC out of Detroit. According to the Athletic Carolina team, owner David Tepper, as a matter of fact, is very enamored with them, so official report there. Another team news, the Falcons have requested permission to interview defensive coordinator Al Holcomb, the current D.C. for the Panthers. And in the meantime, based on that move there, the Panthers have also reportedly interviewed former Super Bowl winning head coach Vic Fangio. It's first ever D.C. job, or he was the first ever D.C. for Carolina back in 1995 under Dom Capers. Defensive end Sam Hunter returned a fumble 98 yards for a touchdown as the Bengals beat the Ravens 24-17. The Giants are moving on to the divisional round on the NFC playoffs after earning a 31-24 victory over Minnesota. And in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs after edging their AFC East rival Miami Dolphins 34-31. It'll be Kansas City hosting Jacksonville and the Bills and the Bengals tonight. We're excusing the Bills and the Bengals facing off Tampa Bay and Tom Brady hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Currently, the Dallas is favored by two and a half for entertainment purposes only. Speaking of which, Brian Murphy on the Patrick Johnson Show right on the other side of the quick timeout here on 94.3 The Game, Patrick Johnson Show. That's going to do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update brought to you by Team Boneyard, a NIL initiative directly supporting pirate student-athletes. For more information on how to donate, go to teamboneyard.org. Brian Murphy on the, on the other side for the latest on sports gambling in North Carolina. It all comes your way right here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Go. Love it. Log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com. To listen to our top-rated programs throughout the day. You need to. Tell your smart speaker to stream 943 the game to take us anywhere you are at any time. Greenville's number one sports show is back. Understand? Yeah, I understand. No, ready. Yeah, I'm ready. It's the Patrick Johnson Show on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 943 the game. I don't want to be too optimistic, but I, I everything, all indications point to legalize, mobilize sports gambling in the state of North Carolina soon. Uh, we talked a while back to Brian Murphy, works with uh, WRAL. He is their sports investigative uh, reporter and does a fantastic uh, job for uh, them and covering the legislature in that capacity and really anything going on in sports. Brian, how are you? I'm good. Happy New Year. I appreciate you having me up. Well, thank you for doing this. Uh, we always uh, like to get uh, the very latest on this. It's a, it's a topic we love to follow here on the program. Uh, so it looks, look, all you're hearing what we're hearing right now, all indications are pointing to yes, but uh, is this a wrinkle, I guess, maybe that has been sort of thrown in uh, last week? Yeah, I, as I try to explain to a, a lot of people, uh, they, they were very confident it was going to pass last year. Um, and so the fact that supporters of sport, uh, you know, mobile sports gambling are excited that it's going to pass this year, you know, I would just caution that they, they were equally as excited last year. 
they think they have the votes. They think the composition of the House and the Senate have changed with the election uh, to in their favor, that, that there are more people who favor it. Um, but yes, to that wrinkle that you just you mentioned, um, the sports teams, the pro sports teams in the state and the venues now would like the gambling licenses to come to them as opposed to being you know allocated uh, to, to the DraftKings and FanDuel's of the world. Um, under their under their plan, there would be eight licenses given to mobile uh, given to teams and venues as well as PJ Tour and NASCAR, with only four licenses being available through the application process. The operators, as you might expect, n- not that excited about this. They want more opportunities to, you know, to, to competitively bid for them uh, through the application process. Um, so we'll see. I don't know if this is going to split the supporters. I don't know if it's something that's going to derail the bill, but it is a little bit of a new ring. So just to be clear, because the sports uh, franchises and venues are requesting this, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. This is just what they are wanting. Is is that? Do I understand that right, correctly? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. This deal was kind of put together in 2019, and it's held together, but now. Um, you'll see in a lot of other states, uh, Tennessee, I think, is the only state that doesn't have what they're calling tethered mm-hmm. licenses. And that means licenses that are uh, go to casinos, you know, existing casinos or go to sports teams or go to racetracks. Um, Tennessee is the only state from my research that doesn't have any of them. Uh, almost every other state has allocated some of their licenses to sports teams or to casinos. That's including in, in Massachusetts and Ohio and Arizona. Um, and so I think uh, the pro sports teams and venues in the state here saw that and said, hey, wait a second. Uh, let, let's get the same deal all these other states are getting. All right. Brian Murphy, uh, investigative reporter, WRAL, at Murph in, at Murph in NC on uh, Twitter. Is the Murph's turf with the PH, uh, is that uh, active too? Is that another Twitter it is, handle? It okay. is. That's- yeah, that's that's the one I use primarily now. Okay. Nowadays, so. All right, at Murph's Turf with the double PHs there. Uh, you can follow him uh, there. I'm old school. I like Murph and NC. All right, uh, Brian <laughs> Murphy is is with us. Okay, so just to understand this: the Hurricanes, the Panthers, the Hornets, uh, the uh, the the soccer franchises, uh, Charlotte FC, the Courage in uh, Cary, Charlotte Motor Speedway, PGA Tour, and NASCAR would each receive a license under this plan. And what is the reason they would want the license? Right. So they're not, I, I, I'm not sure this point has been made clear enough. So I'll try to make it again. That, that doesn't mean that the hurricanes are going to be running a sports gambling operation. Right. What it means is that they have the license. Thus they have the leverage over, you know, the operators who are going to run it. So if I hold the, if, um, so, so they would partner with one of these companies, be it FanDuel or DraftKings or Caesars or BetMGM. Now, there's about 60 mm-hmm. of them out there now. Mm-hmm. Um, you only hear about the, you know, the four or five of them dominate the market, but there's about 60 of them out there. Um, and if they get the license and they come to the Hurricanes and say, hey, let's partner on a sports book, well, they hold the thing that, that allows the sports book to happen, which is the license. So the sports teams see it. As, as a way to extract a little more value out of it. If they have the license, then they can cut a much better deal with uh, the operators who are going to end up running, um, you know, the mobile site in, in, in the state. And then also, you know, the, the sports lounge in PNC arena or bank of America stadium right, or, right. or Charlotte motor speedway. What is the feeling on college sports being able to gamble on college sports, which to me would, 
would make this make the most sense in North Carolina. Is that going to be included in this bill? Because again, what we're what we're hearing uh, out of the Senate lawmakers we talked to on our morning show last week was uh, the House has to handle this, and then all indications from Jason saying in the House through your reporting and other people's reporting who've talked with him seems to indicate that. Uh, it's going to be kind of the exact same bill that was uh, that came up a vote shy in the House last time. So, in other words, the House right. has, you, has to has to craft it, pass it before the Senate will will make any movement on it. Right. That's that's what my reporting has been. The Senate passed it last time, kicked it over to the House, and and it kind of fell apart in the House. And so they said, "Hey, look, you guys take care of your business before it comes back to us." Yeah. So college sports betting, the ability to bet on college sports, was in the original bill. It got stripped out at the last minute during chaos. It's probably the best, right. the yeah. chaotic scene on the House floor where uh, the bill passed by a vote and then the second bill lost by a vote and there were all kinds of amendments. College betting, betting on college sports got stripped out of that bill. Uh, the supporters of the legislation, no doubt, are putting that back in the bill. And they're, you, uh, as your listeners probably know, since we're in a new legislative session, everything has to start anew. So mm-hmm. committee hearings, bill writing, has to get back through the Senate, has to get back through the House. Um, so we're starting fresh, and I think when they start fresh, they're going to start with a bill that includes college, you know, gambling on college sports, and they think they can get that through this time. Uh, there, are, what is it, about a quarter, maybe a little more percentage-wise of new members of the of the legislative body. Yeah, there are twenty-eight new House members, okay. uh, twenty-five brand new. So. Three of them served in either the Senate previously or, or had been in the House and, and left and are, and are now back. But there are 25 brand new members. There are 12 new members of the Senate, uh, and that's 50 people. So, yeah, 12, 12 into 50. I, I hate to do math, but, uh, yeah, that's about a quarter. So so what do you think? Um, I mean, too early to tell on any indication of this new blood. I guess the idea is some of these law, these new lawmakers are younger and it would seem right. like that they may there may be a little more hip to the to the idea possibly or open to the I, idea. It's hard to tell, you know, exactly where they stand on it. I ha- haven't pulled them, but my understanding, and I, from talking to lawmakers, is that a lot of the people who are no longer in the house were some of the people who were opposed to it. Right. Um, and so, sort of by definition, if you're getting rid of, of people that were opposed, then, then the new people are, are are likely going to be a little more friendly to it. Another thing to remember is that. They thought they had the votes last year. There were a lot of absences. This this happened late in the short session, um, late in June. Uh, you know, Zach Hawkins, who's a representative out of Durham and has been a big proponent of this, is an African American member and had really brought along his caucus into this. wasn't there. Uh, he was out with a family emergency and missed a lot of time mm-hmm. in the short session. And had he been there, his vote would have been crucial. Remember, it lost by one vote. But there's a good sense, in, and from a lot of lawmakers I've talked to, including including Representative Hawkins, that had he been there, he could have communicated to people, particularly on the Democratic side, in a way that that other people weren't able to. And that sort of without him there every day kind of talking to people who had concerns about the bill or, or working on people that had concerns about the bill, that, that lack of communication kind of came through mm-hmm. and may have played a role in, in some of this. You know, Robert Reeves, who's the, the Democratic leader, and I, and I don't blame him for this, said at the end of the day he voted no. Said at the end of the day he, he wasn't even really sure what they were voting on. And, and part of that was <laughs> right. the process was very chaotic. And, and if you're going to introduce something like 
mobile sports gambling in the state, I think lawmakers want to be a little more certain about what what it is exactly that they're voting for. And so I think all that that chaos and that scene, uh, the fact that lawmakers were missing, really, really hurt the prospects last year. And I think lawmakers, supporters are hopeful that a cleaner process, a more streamlined process, a process in which more people are there, more people are engaged. It's not coming down to the last minute and getting tossed in with Medicaid expansion and, right, yeah, and the budget yeah. and everything else mm-hmm. um, may make for a cleaner process and, and a better result as far as supporters. Brian Murphy, investigative reporter, WRAL, at Murph's Turf on uh, Twitter, also Murph NNC on Twitter, uh, are a couple of uh, ways to, to keep up with this. What is the process right now? Uh, how long would this process seemingly take in the house to be for the bill to be written? If it's going to be the exact same bill, is it simple as copy and paste or, or or how does this process sort of play out? Yeah, I think there'll be some some tweaks, maybe some minor tweaks or, or, or they'll get some of the changes they made late in the session, you know, put into this bill. Um, You know, they, they come back at the end of January. You know, I thought it would come up right away. I thought it'd be a February bill, but, but people I've talked to, I get the sense that it may hang around for a while. It may linger. So, you know, March and into April, and then you don't want it to wait too long if you're a supporter because then it gets mixed in with, with everything else. So I, I thought at first that this bill was going to come up super early, but but my thinking now is that it, it may be a few months before before we hear about it again. Um, and then I think the thing of, of critical importance is if this passes and, and your listeners may want to place a bet, uh, they, they, that may not happen until 2024. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a long process between this bill getting signed into law by Governor Cooper, if it does, and and you know the regulatory framework being put up by the Lottery Commission, the applications going out, mm-hmm. the the operators getting this up and running in the state. I mean, we may be looking at 2024 before anyone's able to place a legal bet on, on their phone. Brian, is the governor still supportive of this? He is. Uh, he, he's been supportive throughout. Uh, last year, he said he wanted to see some some changes to the bill, uh, you know, increasing the tax rate, increasing the fees. Um, it, it did get a sense the original bill that passed the Senate was was very industry friendly, very industry friendly, and and the House made some changes to increase some of those fees. Uh, the industry was okay with that. I think they realized they weren't going to get that kind of a deal. Um, and so the governor had said that he wanted to see some of those changes to bring a little bit more revenue to the state. He hasn't really weighed in on it, but his position has been pretty consistent throughout this whole process that he thinks, you know, the state's ready to, to do mobile gambling as long as, you know, the revenue number is right and, and the safeguards are correct. Let me ask you this. Uh, what kind of uh, revenue? I mean, I, I guess there's some, some actual data now from other states, similar states that have enacted this. What, what kind of revenue is the potential here. I know 50 was the number tossed out. There's some of the naysayers uh, perhaps that say it's nowhere near that. So where, where does it all come out in the, at the end of the day in the wash? Yeah. Representative Shane has used the, the $50 million number. Virginia appears that it's going to hit right at $50 million oh, wow. uh, for 2022. They have not released their, their December numbers uh, yet, but they're right on pace to hit, to hit 50 million. Now, a lot of this depends on, on how the tax bills are structured. Um, in Virginia, uh, the operators were allowed to write off the promotions and the free bets and all the stuff that they mm-hmm. used to acquire new customers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it really drove down their tax bill. Um, the state was collecting about $3 million a month in, in tax revenue. 
Um, and Virginia lawmakers went back and changed the law and said that if you've been operating in the state for over one year, when you hit one year of operation in the state, you can no longer deduct that stuff. Mm-hmm. That hit a lot of uh, that hit a lot of operators, and that their tax revenue is now up to about seven to eight million dollars a month. Right, um, right, and that's how they're going to hit fifty million. They have the same tax rate that North Carolina has proposed, fifteen percent. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how they handle promotions and free bet with tax deductibility will play a large role in how much money the state collects. If if North Carolina adopts something similar to what Virginia has adopted, I would imagine that the number will be a little bit lower in that first year. But by the second and third year, we may be looking at seventy-five to to eighty million dollars oh, wow. a year in tax revenue. How about which, that? I mean, we have a $27, $28 billion budget annually. So, so you know, while $80 million sounds like a lot, and, and certainly I will take $80 million if anyone wants to hit right. right. um, it. It is not like a life-changing or right. budget-changing um, number of the state. Well, and, and, but look, don't tell lawmakers that. Any, anything they sure. feel like they can uh, <laughs> bring into the coffers, they're very excited about. Um, all right, Brian Murphy with us. He's going to be keeping an eye on this. Uh, Brian, anything else that uh, – just you know, to the average sort of sports fan or average Joe out there that might be of some interest, this this very lengthy session that's about to uh, begin at the end of the month, as far as lawmakers back and doing work. Yeah, I don't know if there'll be a, a ton of of things that interest you know average sports fans. Uh, certainly, you know, we're going to get the NASCAR All Star race, and part of that was made possible by the fact that the legislature took some of the money it got from the federal government and put it into. Uh, infrastructure upgrades in and around some of these old racetracks. Uh, so when, when the race comes to North Wilkes, part of that is is your tax dollars at work, improving yeah. some of the infrastructure. Um, of course, the ACC remains in North Carolina in part because lawmakers uh, passed a tax break of, of $15 million for, for the ACC in its last budget. So there will be lots of things like that when it comes time to spend money. Uh, some of that money will, will trickle down into sports, and, and we'll certainly be there to, to chronicle a lot of that. Is Charlotte really in the state? I mean, it's its own state, right? <laughs> right? Uh, it, it can feel like its own yeah. state down there, but I, uh, I promise you, if you drive, and I'm sure you have, if you take oh, yeah. I-85, once you cross the border from North Carolina to South Carolina, that road changes dramatically, <laughs> and you would much rather be on the North Carolina side of that road. So it is a different world there in the upstate. All right. Hey, uh, <laughs> Brian, thanks a lot. Great to talk to you. We'll uh, We'll talk again down the road, I hope. All right. Appreciate the time. Thank you. Yep, thank you. A big blue statement next. Eastern North Carolina's home for the Adam Gold Show. Come on in. Weekdays at noon, right here on Eastern Carolina's home for sports. I love sports. And the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Jim Harbaugh with the statement just in the last, uh, well, time since we've been on the air. Effectively uh, saying that he's going to stay at Michigan. Um, part of the quote, I once heard a wise man say, don't try to out happy happy. Uh, let's see. This is from their, uh, AD ward manual. I uh, just got off the phone coach Har- Harbaugh and Jim shared with me the great news that he's going to remain as the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. Was this in doubt? 
I mean, I know he was trying to get out of there. Well, he but was, I mean, was yeah. this? But I mean, it was all Harbaugh trying to get out of there. There was nobody courting Harbaugh. Yeah, we. He was reaching out to us for the head coaching gig, like for an interview, and that I thought that was here strange. on ninety four three. The game. Yes, he was reaching out to the me B baby. Uh, the, the, he's ah. going to be the new owner of the Washington, what would be named the Wild Hogs. Be nasty. Uh-huh. But no, um, yeah, he was reaching out to the Panthers. You know, I'm a Panthers guy. I always refer to him as us. I know. I'm but, giving yeah. you a hard time. <laughs> giving you a hard time. Yeah. But well, I mean, this might be confused. Talk about a nothing burger. Right? Yeah. I wonder how he would adapt to the NFL. You know, he's kind of had a kind of a, a weird career where, you know, he went to the Super Bowl, went back to college, hasn't quite got to the uh, the goal that they ultimately want to reach there in Michigan of winning that national well, championship. No, they, they, no, no, their goal is to beat Ohio State, and he's done well, yeah, I guess, That's yeah. their goal. Well, they they dial it back like NC State, and at least, at least they accomplished their right. second-tier goal. I mean, NC State right. can't even do that. When they, no, no, that is their goal. <laughs> the, the national the championship goal. is irrelevant compared to – Winning against over Ohio the State, Ohio yeah. State. Yeah. All right. Uh, Bucks. By the way, Ben, who, uh, we've got Inside ECU Athletics coming up at uh, Logan's Roadhouse here at the top of the hour. And uh, Coach Schwartz will be on who else? Quint DeBunje and uh, Brandon Johnson. Okay. So stay tuned for that coming up. Uh, we've got uh, Bucks v. Cowboys tonight. Uh, who you got, Cookie, and why? I absolutely despise the Cowboys, um, so I'm going to root against them anyway, but never bet against Tom Brady. I stand by that. Okay. Then be baby Byron? I think it depends on how much you like either team. I think the Cowboys have really good defense. I don't trust their coaching or their quarterback, but the Bucks are just not very good this year. Um, never bet against Brady. Brady's not going to exploit that defense like he did the Panthers' defense. It's not going to come that easy like it was in the NFC South, so I got the Cowboys, unfortunately. I do not want the Cowboys to win. I don't either. But I say I say they will win by two scores. Yeah. It's, my my it's, heart says yeah. Brady. My head says Cowboys. Yeah, I, I want Brady to win. Y'all want to bet something on it, like a fun little bet or something? Well, we can't no. shave your head because you're already well. Right. Yeah. You your head is shaved. So and, there's and no we don't hair have time bets. to flesh yeah. this out. Patrick's got to be on TV. Cookie's always making these. Right. I got to be on television. I can't shave my head. Uh, Cookie's always trying to to come up with something. I give I give Cookie credit for the for the hustles with the ideas, but what yeah, would you want to? I'm a creative Cookie. guy. Um. I would love to yeah. see you shave your head, yeah. Patrick. Why do you can't? Why would you not be able to go on TV? I mean, hair's part of the look I, when it comes to TV. Hair's part of the look. Yeah. I'm, so you're I'm, saying I can't be on TV? I'm, well, you can't just willingly. You can't just shave your head, your hair. I mean, if you got a good set of hair, you gotta you gotta I mean, use what, it for TV. What, what do you advantage. What do you stand to lose? What do you stand to lose, Cookie? That would if we did wager on it. Ah, oh, that's a good question. Um, see, there, it's something that's got to make you uncomfortable. Or it's not a fun bet. He wants us to take all the risk, and it's low risk for him. Right. That's that's what it is. So I'll we sing that we'll, song we'll from Step Brothers on there. No, we'll wager on something at some point. See, that's self-serving, right gonna, there. You want to do that? Yeah. <laughs> right. He wants to. He wants to show out on the air. So listen to him giggling over there, like a like a schoolgirl. <laughs> you hearing? <laughs> that sounds exactly like him too. <laughs> you nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you and Ben hash out a bet. Put it on Twitter. All right, that's you. You guys figure something we'll, out. We'll figure something out. Might have to assume all the risk. You put the belt up for grabs. How about that? Uh oh, title on Thanks. the line. Ooh. <laughs> Thanks to Brian Murphy. I mean, Cookie'd wear it around, but 
Uh, thanks to Brian Murphy for being with us. Uh, Travis Hancock tomorrow from FNZ in Charlotte. We'll get to the bottom of what's going on with this Panther coaches search. That is tomorrow. Thanks to uh, Ben B. Baby Byram and Chris Cookie Cook. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah.